Hello and welcome to Heroes World TGIF. I'm your host, Andre Greenidge. And as always, I'm joined by Jesse, my wingman, my partner in crime on this adventure where we bring you all the cool stuff that comes to the store, Heroes World, whether that be comics, games, action figures, anything that's cool in the store. And of course, we are going to talk about pop culture stuff. So what happens in the week? We're going to discuss that here. This week's episode is kind of fun. We've got a lot of cool things to get to. Lots of big Star Wars news this week. We've got a couple of great comic releases. We're also going to go back in time for last week in comics. We're going to talk about some of the great comics we couldn't get to last week. And special, we are going to do a trailer reaction to Sony's new Uncharted movie, and we're going to save that for the end of the show. So, Jesse, how are you doing? How did your week shake shape up? Oh, a lot better than last week. We got a uh, very small snowfall this week. It was uh, yes. lovely, to say the least. Um, Yeah, like you said, a lot of great releases in uh, the comic book world and news. seems like there's a new news story that uh, intrigues me every day. Yeah, you know what? It's 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 a great uh, it's a great time, except for you know the weather, and of course all the stuff going around the world. It's a pretty crazy time, but hopefully you will take some time to geek out with us. And uh, listen, let's start this show with a bang, and let's get right to it because Star Wars has been bang on fire lately. We've had. Uh, Lots of news coming out, especially on the video game front. Now, I'm a huge, huge gamer. I know you are yourself too, Jesse. And Star Wars video games have been really um, up and down over the last few years. Lots of moving and shaking. EA was supposed to have an exclusive deal with Disney to produce Star Wars games. uh, And they started off with a couple of great ones, actually. And something happened where they opened that up and uh, there's lots of companies making games, but we want to talk about one company in particular news just dropped this week that there's going to be three brand new games coming from the fine folks at respawn entertainment. Now, if you're not familiar with respawn entertainment, you should be because hopefully if you're a star Wars fan, you played the incredible Jedi Jedi fallen order that came out in 2019 so it's already been three years so one of those games is going to be the follow-up to that series that will be we don't know a name but it's going to be jedi fallen order 2 or or of the like and there's the star character right there cal kestis a jedi who who escaped the purge of order 66 now i love respawn the other guy you see on the screen there is from titanfall 2 one of the best shooters ever. So if you get a chance to play that game, you have to. It's super cheap. You can buy new copies for like five bucks. uh, And you can always get it on uh, Xbox Live or PlayStation Network. Always on sale. Trust me, play that game. But Jesse, what do we know about the three games that, uh, or the two other games that uh, is going to be offered by Respawn for Star Wars? So they said one of them is going to be a uh, first-person shooter, and it's going to be handled by I forget the guy's name, but it's the uh, head of uh, Battle Battlefront. Yeah, Star Wars yes, Battlefront. Star yeah. Wars Battlefront. So 
I'm hoping it's kind of a mix between Titanfall and Star Wars. That might be cool. Um, and then the third one is supposed to be uh, put in the same hands of the uh, XCOM series. Yes. Right? It's supposed to be an RTS uh, yes. real-time strategy game, which seems exciting too. I, I don't know how that's going to work. It might be cool with uh, your stormtroopers and Jedis and attacking back and forth with limited moves. Um, you've played the well, XCOM games, right? Yeah. It, so basically there's a new studio formed and it's formal former employees of uh Firaxis. I can't remember what the name of their new studio is, uh, but it's really exciting because XCOM 2 was such a great game uh and it's a cool genre. Now, it's not a genre for everybody, but these strategy games are very very cool. Usually they're turn-based or real-time, but what I like about them as a as a fan of XCOM is you get to really customize your squad and try out different strategies and stuff. And you get either build up bases and stuff. So to have one of these in the star Wars realm is really, really exciting. And I'm, and I'm super looking forward to that. I've been a fan of the XCOM games since they originated on PC and I have been playing the newer ones on console. So uh, that is good news. And these uh, games that we just talked about, these three games that are coming out, it joins a roster of about, eight total star wars games that are in production right now so let's say law of averages hey maybe if two or three of them are good it's going to be a great time to be a star wars fan and a video game fan we already saw that star wars uh eclipse trailer a little while back and that came out of left field uh, and stuff we weren't expecting that so yeah there's lots of you know shall we say things to look forward to in the star wars video game realm um Lego Star Wars is supposed to be released this year too, right? The uh, yes. Skywalker saga that's been Skywalker delayed uh, countless times. I think we're at what five times now. Yeah, like, I think it was supposed yeah. to be 2018 when it was first uh, supposed to be released, but that's and beside still no release date. <laughs> Actually, I think it's this year, but later on, uh, yeah, holiday they, season. They, I think they said, yeah, they didn't concrete it, so that's uh, that's interesting. So hopefully, if you're waiting for that. You'll be able to play it soon. So the Lego Star Wars games are always great fun. You can pick up anywhere and just have fun for five, ten and minutes. Just go, yeah, they're, they're, they're couch co-op and stuff like that. There's also online play. Yeah, lots of lots of fun, and there's so many of them. So if you're a Lego fan or have Lego fans out there, getting all of those games into one should be super super exciting. But speaking of exciting, I hear something about that new. Book of Boba Fett episode. Is it Book of Boba Fett, or should we just change the title right now and call it uh, Mandalorian Season Three Point One? You you stopped watching it, correct? I did. Um, it's it's. I been watched bad. the first two episodes, and and I was like, yeah, I'm tapping out. It wasn't it wasn't for me. Um, too much. Um, shall we say? I don't want to say, uh, yeah, it it just just didn't do it for me. Like I, I I'll be I'll be let's be very blunt. I I thought it was frankly too stupid, too poorly written, um, and it and it didn't it didn't stick with what we knew and had already seen of the character of Boba Fett from the Mandalorian. I think it strayed even too far from that after the second episode, uh, which I praised for actually being almost a full hour like they had time to pack story in but they decided to not pack any good story in um so yeah i said you know what i can see where this show is going 
and I am going to remove myself from the arduous task of having to watch it. And I think I did the right thing because what I heard of episode three and episode four, <laughs> yeah. whew, stinkers, right? Just, just, just horrible. After episode two, I kind of went into episode three not expecting anything. I kind of wanted to watch it as sort of like a comedy, if that makes sense. Like, how bad can it get before it becomes unwatchable? Yeah. Um, three was bad with the Teletubbies on scooters. Uh, four was really bad. I don't know. There was a weird scene where uh, Craston, the Wookiee, was holding, uh, what's his name, Boba Fett. And it just—it was just weird. They were fighting in the—I I don't know. Anyways, five Mandalorian. It opens up. I'm going to try to convince you to go back and watch just this one episode. Maybe five, six, and I think it's seven, right? It's seven. Yep. So I—I I think they're going to—I think they're leading into Mandalorian season three because this episode was 100% Mandalorian. It opens up in a—it uh, it looked almost like a meat warehouse meat factory mm -hmm. where people were cutting up meat um we see a curtain keep the cold air in and boom guess who walks in mando well the mando <laughs> <laughs> he is on it's almost like a halo it looks like a halo it's it's a ring and it's got uh buildings all over it i kind of chuckled because i was like ah, that's star wars halo right there star wars but halo yep He's on this halo. He's doing bounties, and he's just trying to get by. He's trying to find information about his uh, old friends. Um, I forget their names, but it was the uh, blacksmith from season one. Yep, the armorer. And, uh, the armorer, yes. And uh, what was the guy's name, the guy in the blue suit? I can't quite remember. He was the uh, grandson of uh, the guy who created the Darksaber. That, that's, that's, it doesn't matter. Tarvis? So Amanda... I, I can't remember. Um, Mando's trying to find them, so he's doing little bounties. He's doing trying to get information on where they're located on this halo. He finally finds the information. Um, there's a wicked battle scene where he pulls out the dark saber for the first time, and he's trying to use it, but he's kind of missing. He actually slices up his own leg because he he's not familiar with the weapon. Um, I didn't know this about the Star Wars lore, but a lightsaber's heavy. Or is that just okay. the dark saber? Do you, do you know of any of that, or is that maybe just the dark saber? Apparently, um, it's really heavy if their user's not in tune with it. Well, yeah, that they introduced that in Star Wars Rebels, where uh, when Sabine Wren was training with the dark saber and Kanan was was uh, you know showing her the lightsaber forms and stuff like that. As she got more comfortable with it, she was able to use it. I think maybe heavy is a term that they're they're talking about. You know, kind of just like. Oh, you're you're getting more proficient with it, so you are adjusting to it, and you are learning to balance it, right? So it's going to have something like, yeah. He's very sloppy with it. He cut his own leg up, and as he goes in to uh, meet the blacksmith again, he's like, okay, fix him up. He's uh, obviously hurt. How did you hurt yourself? Oh, I cut myself with this, and he just pulls it out, and everyone's like, what's that? Everybody knows what it is, but they don't know how he got it. Yeah. So... Mando's down on his luck. Uh, look top right there. He's actually on what it is. Uh, what are they called? Um, a bus. What are the, the buses called? He's he's on he's on a bus going 
He's on a space bus. He's on a passenger yeah. public transportation. <laughs> you don't see it in this image, but right in front of them, there's a little uh, Greedo, a little Greedo looking at him, waving to him, trying to get his attention. And he's just, he had to leave yeah. his weapons at the door because he's not allowed to carry weapons onto the bus. Oh, man. So there's a fight scene between the armorer's uh, henchman, the guy in the blue, I can't remember his name, and Mando. The guy in the blue wants the Darksaber for himself, and the only way to get the Darksaber is to win it in battle. Mando takes the win, but he gets kicked out of the uh, guild because he took off his helmet. And a real Mandalorian never takes off his helmet, which is weird because now he's going on a quest to go back to Mandalore to apologize for taking off his helmet, but he's going back to Tatooine, where our current characters are uh, located. Of course, because all roads in Star Wars now lead to Tatooine. Well, he does have his friend, um, I forget the girl's name, but you know the curly-haired girl that uh, has all the droids running around? Yeah. His friend is uh, supposed to find him a new Razor Crest. So he gets there, he's talking to her, she says, I didn't find you a new Razor Crest, but I found you a, um, what's that ship called? A Naboo Starfighter? Naboo Starfighter from the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. And she's like, oh, this is pre-Clone Wars. You want this ship. You don't want to, this is a very fast ship. So she's trying to convince him to buy this ship instead of another Razor Crest. And he's like, I don't like it. I don't want it. It's not my Razor Crest. not what I know. But as he's building it with her, he starts to grow to like it. Um, you can't really here. Can we make this bigger? You can't really see it, but they kind of added a cool feature behind the cockpit there, where the astromech droid would sit. Yep, is is a little bubble, and I think that little bubble is for our friend um, Grogu. Grogu, yes. I think Grogu's got his own special seat in the uh, Starfighter. So, so where's Mandalorian supposed to put his bounties in this new ship? I don't think he's going to uh, be the bounty hunter much longer. Yeah, I guess he's just going to fly around in a starfighter with no hyperdrive. But they probably added one. They added so. one. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I was missing one little point. I was saving it for the end. Remember that spear he got from... Um, yes. It wasn't Ahsoka. It was from the... Uh, it was It was the episode with Ahsoka. Yes, I, episode. I do remember that. Yeah. So as he's talking to the blacksmith before the uh, fight, she asks him where he got it. And a Mandalorian doesn't use uh, Beskar for weapons. They use it for armor. And she says, Mm -hmm. I will reforge it into armor for you. What do you want? And he says, can you make it for a little friend? And she said, "Uh, yes, yes, I can. So I, I don't know. It got me a little bit excited. I want to see little Grogu in the Mandalorian armor with the little helmet and the little chest plate and flying around this on the is, jetpack. This is just getting cheesed. Come on, you got you got to admit. This is this is, this is getting a little little it, <laughs> You're yes, not selling it, me, Jesse. You're trying to get me to watch this and and I'm like <laughs> That was just that was my opinion. I want to see Grogu in little Mandalorian armor. But okay. What we, what we saw was little rings, little tiny rings. So what I think he asked her to make was parts for a lightsaber for his own special of, little lightsaber out of best cars best car but i don't know um she gave it to him in a little baggie and the little baggie's tied up it, like it's a bandana and it's tied up and it's got little ears so it kind of looks like a grogu and he's carrying it around he's like oh look at grogu's head it's yeah it's just kind of a little cheesy but the spaceship is just so cool 
yeah. we see our two friends again. Um, I forget the pilot's name, but it's uh, Alpa from uh, Kim's Convenience. Yes. He makes an appearance back, and he's like, you sound familiar. Do I know you from somewhere? This isn't your regular ship. And then he's got a jet driver, hyperdrive, and just zooms out of there and flies around. He's really loving his new ship. But just a really good episode, really fun. Um, we did see a little droid. Uh, remember BD-1 from uh, the game we were just talking about, uh, Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order? Order? Yes. I don't know if it's the same one or a different one. I don't know if there's many or if there's few, but we see him running around trying to help uh, Mando build his new ship. Just a great little oh, episode. Interesting. hundred times better than um, what we're getting from the Boba Fett show. So wait, I, we see BD-1 in this episode? Uh, I think it's BD-1. That's actually the shot from the episode there on the right-hand side. That's him looking mm. at Mando, but... Um, He's never been in a Star Wars before, I don't think. And this is, no. I think, groundbreaking because we've never had a video game character come to live action, have we? It's always been the other way around. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Now, you know what's kind of ironic about this? You know, one of my big um, disappointments in The Mandalorian was in season one, they really did a good job of making it Star Wars for anybody. So if you didn't know anything about Star Wars, you could tune in and basically watch this. It was all new characters, new planets, you know, uh, and, and stuff like that. But then in season two, they really started to mine all the cool content from Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, I guess technically they did do that by showing us the Darksaber at the end of Mandalorian season one. And as a big Clone Wars and, and Rebels uh, fan, I really didn't like that. I felt that they didn't earn the right to use those characters. And all of a sudden, they didn't really explain who those characters were for anybody who was new to the show. Uh, so anybody would then have to kind of dive into the backstory of these characters and stuff. But I always said one of the cool things that they could have done is instead of using those characters is they could have used the characters from Jedi Fallen Order. Now, Cal Kestis and um his his uh his quote unquote uh other Jedi friend, she was a former Jedi seer, uh I think they would have been great characters to put into the Mandalorian because they're already actors, right? Mm -hmm. And instead of us having Luke Skywalker show up to save um you know the 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 crew of 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 uh, of the Mandalorian. They should have had Cal and that ship, and they could have made Cal look a little bit older and stuff. Again, they're all actors, and then people would have been like, "Oh, I've never seen these guys. Who are they?" Again, you can draw people and say, "Oh, they only appeared in the video game." So, if they had done that, they could take those characters, show what their future was, and then the video games could have filled in the past, like what did Cal Kestis do to that point and I think that would have been a really good thing so now maybe they're going to do that by using BD1 here or whatever or, or, or kind of easter egging stuff but I, it really feels that right now that this show is just more fan service than substance you know and um, I just don't get any sense of direction from the show The Mandalorian so um, listen uh, possibly, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm not 
I can't promise that I will watch it, but I won't say uh, that I. I'll never say never. How about yeah. that? No. Uh, because the next episode is directed by Dave Filoni. But you know, I've been hearing a lot of buzz online about this particular episode, and 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 I want to throw this theory out there for for you guys out there watching and listening. Um, I heard that this was the best episode so far of the Book of Boba Fett. Number five or number six? Number five. Number five. This this yeah. last episode, people on my uh, Facebook feed, my social media feed, are saying, oh, this is the best episode yet. Well, that's kind of funny because Boba Fett doesn't appear in it. And I yeah. think that is super problematic. My personal theory, I don't think I've mentioned it on here, Jesse, with you, but I really think that John Favreau is actually just basically throwing Boba Fett under the bus. I think that Boba Fett's such a popular character. Uh, a lot of people like him, even though they didn't know too much about him. Uh, he'd only had a couple cameos in the movies, but he was always a cool and an ominous and a threatening figure. He made Boba Fett super badass in The Mandalorian. But now in his own show, he's craptacular. And it's almost, to me, like I said, I think he's sabotaging the character. I think this is going to make Boba Fett's stock go way down. And then people are going to go, oh, I like the Mandalorian better than Boba Fett. He's a better Mandalorian than Boba Fett. So then John Favreau is going to get to say, oh, hey, look, I created this character and he's a better Mandalorian than Boba Fett. I now have the most popular or I am responsible for the most popular, creating the most popular Star Wars character. Now, I could be totally wrong. I could be off base. But I I just don't see how this book of Boba Fett is supposed to be endearing to Boba Fett or, or, or changing his character. Fine, you want to change a, a character, by all means, do it. Characters are going to grow and evolve. Yeah. But you have to show it in the show. You can't... Like, the show's nothing like it, it's uh, anyways my opinion some people say andre your, your opinion is not valid because you're not even watching it anymore but yeah those first two episodes were just were just uh you know stinkers and and, and i would be hard pressed to see if they can pull it out in in the last two more episodes left for this i think uh in our other show jesse we talked about it right out of the gate what was boba fett's motivation in even yeah. taking over jabba's um, cr crime, crime, uh, uh, syndicate or whatever. Like we don't even know, we don't even get those things. Right. So right off the gate, we just don't know enough. So we'll see how, how they do it. Listen, I'm all for more star Wars, but I want good star Wars. It's not enough just to say, Oh, I I'm happy that I got live action star Wars. That's this. That's not enough. To me, I think this is kind of a stepping stone to Mandalorian season three, where we're going to get a whole cluster of stuff going on. We're going to have Boba Fett. We're going to have Fennec. We're going to have Mandalorian. We're going to have Grogu. Um, you mentioned Cal there. I think he's going to show up. Like, I think it's being a secret kept close to the chest. Um, we know Grogu's gone to train with Luke. Mm -hmm. And we like, if we look at the financials and uh, realists, part of that we can't have mark hamill cging a whole series of him training grogu it's not financially stable it takes a lot of money it takes a lot of time to 
um, superimpose that face. What I think yep. is going to happen is I think Luke in Jedi Fallen Order 2, whatever it's going to be called, Luke is actually going to find Cal. And Cal is going to be, um, what was his name uh, in the earlier games? The ones that are not, was it Kyle K Kess? Kyle Kess? Kyle Kess, this was his name, yeah. Yes. He was kind of like Luke's little apprentice kind of helper, right? I think that's going to be Cal. And I think Cal is going to take Grogu under his uh, under his wing and train. But Cal him. would be older than Luke, right? By, by no. a lot. By a lot. Cal's actually the same age because, um, well, not this. No, he's yeah. older because remember, he's that age. Like that game takes place literally maybe a couple years after Order 66 is given, right? He's like maybe, yeah, it's, it's, he, and at Order 66, he's young. Uh, he's a Padawan. So he's maybe a mid teenager. Uh, and then he's an, he's an adult. Uh, so, yeah, that game probably takes place maybe a couple years before before uh, A New Hope. We don't have a definitive timeline. And I'm sure Cal could show up, right? Yeah. But I don't know what, what his relationship or if they would put him and Luke uh, together, you know. But, you know, we'll see. Listen, uh, if you guys are digging The Mandalorian, uh, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I, I just... Not the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett. See, I've done it. <laughs> I, I keep doing it all right? the time too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like let us know uh what, what you think of my theory. Do you think I'm being too hard on John Favreau, or do you think there might be actually something to it? Because you know, sometimes in Hollywood there's a lot of ego going around and stuff like that, and people want to leave their marks on stuff. And but maybe that... this is John Favreau's way of saying, Oh, I'm gonna leave my mark on Star Wars by creating this Mandalorian. And why would you have two of the same? literally two of the same character right so uh, dave maloney uh, had a big part in uh, mandalorian too right did he help in he the help first, sorry go ahead he was he he was the executive producer and he wrote a, a few of the episodes with with uh, favreau and he directed i think two or three in the first series so well, if he if he helped create the mandalorian i guess i'm okay with dave filoni getting the credit as partial creator of but I don't think he. I yes. think I don't think he does. I think if you look at the actual credits, the Mandalorian it says created by John Favreau. Uh, John Favreau, and all of this season of Book of Boba Fett, he John Favreau gets the main writing credit. Yeah. So it's. I think it's a very interesting, you know, kind of situation, right? Because again, most people that I've talked to, and I get to talk to this a lot at the store, a lot of people are just watching it because it's Star Wars, right? Yeah. Oh, and very few people are saying, oh, my God, this is, uh, you know, just something to have, right? Like, they're not excited about it. They're not saying this is great, let alone people that are Star Wars fans. Like, my my Star Wars fans are, are just shaking their heads uh, at this um, and stuff. And, you know, it, it's okay for something to be... Def um, you know, to cause a rift or whatever, but you want to have a dialogue ab about about it, and you always want things to improve and to be good. And if if we're not doing that, like, kind of, I don't want to say what's the point, but if you're if it's true that you're saying they're just stepping stones to get to Mandalorian season three, you could use better stepping stones. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, um, and the Mandalorian season three already kind of laid up its own foundation, right? Um, so anyways, enough Star Wars talk. Hopefully it gets better. Uh, especially for my sake. I wanna I wanna start enjoying Star Wars again. You know, I, I wanna have confidence 
in the Obi-Wan show coming up and the Ahsoka show. And right now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I am not feeling them and I'm and I'm worried about the uh the next uh, the next step. But let's talk about something positive. Wow, what a hell of a week in comic books. Jesse has just brought up one of the slides. Lots of great titles dropped this week. Uh, and the big one right in the center there. After almost three years, we've got the next issue of Saga. Saga number 55 on the stands. And uh, people are just coming out for this book. I've had a couple people buying a couple copies. People coming in and buying for friends. Uh, people who normally read it in trade paperback but are so excited for it to be back that they are like, nope, I can't wait any longer. It's already killed me. Let's uh, start going by the issues. So that's a great book from Image. Uh, we also have the next issue of The Devil's Reign, Chip Zdarsky's uh, Daredevil-centric book in which the Kingpin has outlawed all superhero activities in New York City. Marco Cicchetto doing amazing on the art. Great, great series. Three of six. And Marvel kind of, I don't want to say leaked, but they announced that this series is going to lead into a brand new Daredevil series once it's finished. So that's kind of exciting. And then also for Marvel, we have got Thor number, I think that's 21, and an interesting ha thing happening to Thor and something they have done to his hammer. Uh, it has shaken up the uh, Thor universe, shall we say, and Donny Cates has been uh, really, really shaking things up on his books, doing a lot of cool things uh in dc land we have got the flash and we've got superman in action comics action comics is really cool because it's following what clark kent superman is doing because he's left earth behind to uh do some uh, a deed that needs be needs to be done in space and he is having a rough go at it so he left his son in charge of earth uh, Jonathan Kent and what he's doing in space is is it needs to get done but this is a, a challenge even for Superman we can see him shackled there uh, Jesse let's go to the next slide and show yep. some of the other great books that came out Justice League with a beautiful cover for a friend of mine Yannick Paquette uh, we've got Superman 78 following the beloved Richard Donner Superman movie series Task Force Z, one of Jesse's favorite books. Here's yeah. Zombies and the Red Hood. Mm. And then we've got Marvel's X-Men. And we've got a new X character there. I think his name is Captain X. Yeah, I think so. I believe so. Yep, Captain X. And, of course, Boom Studios, House of Slaughter. So these are just a few of the offerings out this week. Um, lots of great books. So if you guys are reading comics, get out to your local store. Come see us at Heroes World. There is lots to choose from, and lots of books are really spiking, and lots of new first appearances, and lots of buzz around. But you know us by now. If you've been tuning in, this is how we do it. We pick one book that just has to be the book of the week, and our comic book, our Heroes World comic book spotlight is none other than Saga number 55. Jesse, you are quasi up to date with this book i read saga in hardcover so man good lord who knows when the next hardcover is coming out it's got to be a year from now so 
I flipped through the book. Of course, the art's fantastic. It's beautiful. But I couldn't read it because, you know, I would be lost and there'd be lots of spoilers because there's only three hardcovers so far. So, Jesse, let's get a rundown. What were your thoughts of Saga number 55? I have Saga. Let's go back. I've read, I think, volume one of the trade paperbacks. Um, okay. That was going to be my uh, pandemic goal was to get through the whole saga thing, and I kind of fell through the wayside. Um, oops. Okay. I thought I had more time to get caught up, but uh, <laughs> I guess three and a half, four years wasn't long enough. My bad. <laughs> so I'm going to look at it from both. Uh, I have a little bit of knowledge, and I have no knowledge. Okay. So I, I want to pretend for a second I'm a first-time reader, and if I, this is a good jumping-on spot. All right. With my knowledge that I have, which is very limited, I think I know uh, Marco, uh, Elena, and um, what's her name, Hazel. Hazel's the yep. baby, right? So the whole story is from uh, Hazel's perspective, correct? It yes, starts it off is. with her being born, and then it goes through her life, and we're following Hazel. And um, you're up to date on all the hardcovers, right? Yes, I have finished up to one, two, and three. So you're at 54. That's where you finish. You finish on the big event, right? Uh, actually, trying to remember. No, you know what? Yes, yes, there was the cliffhanger ending. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So this takes place, I think, funny enough, three years after that big event. Everybody's um, moved on, but not really moved on. Um. We see um, the Will, Will, the uh, bounty hunter, the uh, Merc, the hired gun. We see uh, Hazel. Yep. She's grown up. Um, how old would she be now? Around 10, I believe it is. And we yep. see uh, Elena. When I first started reading this, I was like, what is different about her? What? I, I couldn't put my finger on it. Then I was looking at pictures from uh, the first volume. No, she's got... Um, she's got... Yeah. She's got blonde hair and not green. I was like, oh, yeah. how am I so dumb? <laughs> but um, it was a really good, it's a good continuation. It's a very good jumping on spot. Um, if you don't know the characters, it gives you an introduction to the characters. Um, Hazel gives her little backstory. She's talking about her father who is no longer in the picture. She's talking yep. about her mother. Um, her mother is very protective of her. She doesn't let her go far. So Hazel's kind of like her mother, like her father, kind of a rebel, just for the sake of being a rebel. Um, it actually starts off with her running through a market and uh, some guy chasing her. And she's like, he's trying to take pictures of me without any clothes on. Somebody stop him, right? And then eventually cops <laughs> cops come in and break up the two. And then um, do you remember what the people are called, what uh, the porn people are called? I don't. I don't. So... Um, that side, which is Marco's um, race, race. one of them comes down and they're like, is this a friend of yours? And she does something. She kind of blows up the market as a uh, suicide bombing. So we don't exactly know what's going on, but we, if you've read the stuff before, you know that there's a raging war going on throughout the galaxy, yes. correct? Yep. So as a new reader... If you look at this, you don't know what's going on, but your interest is sparked. You want to yep. know what's going on. You want to know if that girl actually knew the other girl. Right? 
Um, we've got a new character. I think his name is Bombozum. Bomba. Um, he's got from the front cover there the guy with the arm. Sorry, the guy with the robotic arm there. Yep. Um, he's kind of the henchman of Elena. Um, when we catch up with Elena, she's in a market selling formula, but she does it very interestingly. She goes and exposes herself, saying breast milk isn't good. Have formula. So it's mm. very, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I think that's Brian K. Vaughn playing with the uh, consumer, trying to sell the nudity. Um, the panels right after that is a, another scene with a lot of nudity in it putting it lightly well, the books always had a little bit of that um you know it's it's an it's an adult it's it's an adult book and the language and dialogue you know um and and of course subject matter do lend to that um but at least it's not like well there was the early robot sex scene in the first volume <laughs> that was very gratuitous if you're just tuning in now you're wondering <laughs> what we're talking about uh, yeah but, but the, cool, it seems the cool thing with this issue though is as you were saying it's almost like a double-sized issue, right? There's a lot going on. So it does catch you up to uh, if you are a new reader. But at the same time, it isn't a, um advertised jumping on point. Like, I don't think they really expect people to just be like, oh, hey, I'm going to start reading this at 55 and not go backwards. It might be one of those things. Where, oh, I'm going to see what the buzz is all about. And like, oh, yeah, man, I got to read this. So um, would you would you say that it would have accomplished that for you? Like you want to go back and, 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 and get up to current, like uh, catch up on your trades? If Yeah, of course. I've, I've always wanted to read a saga. Um, it's just something I put on the back burner for so long. But yeah, I think it does both. If you want to jump on here, there is that lore that you can go back and read if you want, or you can just continue reading from here because it's it reintroduces all the characters three years later. This is what we're doing. This is what's going on. Um, there's a lot of intrigue behind it. There's um, what's the robot races? There's a robot in there, and I thought they were bad guys from my first um, mm -hmm. reading of the volume. And there's a robot, and he's hanging out with all of them. And, there's a lot of backstory you want to get caught up on, but you don't have to, if that makes sense. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you can, yeah, you can no, continue sure. on. It, it seems like 55 if you want to jump on and you don't want to go back. Obviously, the story is going to be a lot better if you do go back. If but you do, yeah. But I the think, one thing that stayed consistent is just the imagination of the book and the art. Like, look at this. This is just uh, a fantastic, uh, fantastic image. The book has always been, you know, I've always found it nice and unique and refreshing. Uh, the art style is really cool. And their vision of a future and a, and, and a kind of a galactic civilization stuff has always been top notch. Brian K. Vaughn and a very amazing writer um, as well as he picked a really good co-pilot in uh, Fiona Staples for the art. Like they're a really good, really good pairing. So she doesn't do anything else either, does she? I um I haven't not seen really, I think she did she's done some some stuff in the past like I think she did some um I remember her working with Archie she did a uh, Archie re, uh, re, um reimagining I think that was with yeah. Mark Wade if I remember correctly but uh yeah no it's super cool super It's cool. a great book it's a, you're you're only get more enjoyment out of it if you go and read the uh three hardcovers or the uh what is it six, six uh, graphic novels I think it's 8 8 8 or 9 maybe even yeah 
the uh, 54 issues before. And I think uh, at the end, there's a letter and he says he's going to go up to 109. Wow. So this is the halfway point, I believe. So, well, let's, let's hope he gets there without another three year hiatus. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's closer to four, but who's counting? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So guys, yeah, definitely. You want to check out saga. It's a great, great book. Um, and, uh, speaking of hiatus, um, in not the good form of hiatus, the next book just dropped this Wednesday. And, um, while Jesse and I are both fans of the IP, wow, this is an exercise in unfortunately poor timing, um, and, uh, poor circumstances, but, uh, we are going to talk about, uh, the Cowboy Bebop comic book. Uh, from Titan Comics, and uh, here we have the art germ uh, cover, Stanley Lau, uh, and you can see that they have uh, chosen for their cover images, anyways, to follow the TV show version of the characters. Um, and uh, I, I got to say, like this particular book, they invested heavily in because I swear at the end of this issue. They show all the different covers for this book, and I think there was legit forty different covers. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, and and stuff, and it's uh, you know crazy. Uh, if you guys don't know, Cowboy Bebop originally a anime series came out in uh, the late nineties, ninety eight, ninety nine. Uh, Twenty seven episodes plus a movie. Fantastic series. Um, and then Netflix uh, brought it to live action. And I think it went nine episodes for their first season and axed, canceled uh, shortly thereafter. Um, and uh, yeah, there are no season two. Polarized the fans. A lot of people really liked the live action without having watched the original IP. Most people who watched the original IP thought the. Uh, Netflix version was uh, as a, was a disaster. Uh, some people calling it like a dumpster fire uh, and stuff. And uh, yeah, so there will be no um, second uh, season for that. There's petitions, of course, as, as fans always petition. And and you know what? Again, never say never because some shows do get rescued. But I don't think this is going to be one of them. Um, so this comic book, yeah, we are following our um, space cowboys. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, very stylized book. The characters do not look like the TV series art-wise, but they do have their swagger and their style. Uh, we can see a very uh, kinetic and hip Spike Spiegel here doing his thing, being cool while kicking ass. Um, story-wise, um, I felt it fit the universe Right, I felt the only thing was that it might have been for this first issue, if you know the source material, if you've watched the series already, and and maybe even if you've watched the Netflix stuff, it almost felt too similar. Like it's just a another similar caper um, that almost makes it feel like they're trying to do a comic book adaptation of the show. Is that did you get that impression too, Jesse? While uh... um. 
which show are you talking? The anime or the yeah? The, like I, well, I just feel in general like them the, the 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 crew going like yes they are bounty hunters but again they're in a casino uh, and they're going after a guy and the guy has some type of device and stuff like that and I'm like I've seen this story before yeah. you know it it just it just really felt like um, it was done before yes like but it, but if you hadn't if you if you hadn't followed all of it i think it's a good comic yep. you know but again i think it's really going agree. to only appeal to people who already know the name i can't see somebody just walking by and going oh that's a cool cover let me pick that up but as you can see like the art is very very cool um it is stylized it's bright it's colorful you can follow the action the dialogue i found was really cool like i i feel to be honest with you this felt more cowboy bebop to me than the tv show did um than, than the live action did uh i'm one of the people that falls into the category that i didn't i didn't like the netflix uh um show uh and stuff but i do really feel bad for the timing of this had this comic come out when the show came out i think people would have picked it up out of curiosity seen how it tied in and if they were enjoying the show they would have been like oh, oh cool i'm gonna continue with this as it is now i think it's gonna be hard pressed to be sold to um anyone but that's why we're talking about it because i think both you and i did enjoy this comic right jesse i did enjoy it but it's it didn't seem too much like cowboy bebop to me if that makes sense um the anime was very well written it was very unique in the way it presented itself you usually saw the bounty the crew got the contract and then they chased the bounty and then they caught him in the end right um i feel like this one we were more introduced to the characters than the actual mm -hmm. bounty so it kind of seemed yep. a little a little bit more like i haven't seen the netflix show but it, that's what they did in the netflix show right they focus more on the bebop crew yep right so i i feel like it's not really cowboy bebop but it's not bad does that make yeah. sense like it, it yeah I, I i can see that i i just like i think for this particular comic like the the um if you recall the 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 my favorite part of this one was when jet uh was talking to the woman on the stairs yep. and that to me felt like something that would have come out of the anime you it's, know it, yeah, it, it, exactly, it yeah. just it that portion was especially well written it was unique it felt like it had heart you know um and it, it just stood out from the rest and i think that's what the the uh, anime did uh for me so i did get a feel a feeling of that even yes. though um yeah you, you unfortunately you don't have the 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 great score and the and the yoko kano soundtrack in in a comic book and stuff and i did wish like i do think some of the art choices you know like you don't get that gritty kind of uh future and past uh, amalgamation in in some of the art style and stuff but again maybe as issues go on and we see other things uh we'll, oh, yeah, we'll get that but um but yeah i i still think that the the art was 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 pretty was was pretty good and it's stylized and i think they had to go with something a little bit like this oh if you're just reading it as a comic book it's a great comic book if you're reading yep. it because you like the anime it's still 
a good comic. Like I, I didn't not like it because mm-hmm. we're judging it by a 22 minute show and this is the first issue. So if we look at it as the first act, it's because yeah. it's only four, uh, four issues long, right? Uh, I think the first part. Yeah. 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 So it's four issues long. So if we're looking at it, it's the first act. Yes, it did the job. We got introduced to the bounty that they're going to be chasing. It just, it, it seemed a little watered down bebop. Yeah. Right? Um, I did like the scene that you were talking about when Jet was talking to um, the random lady out front, because that's what the anime was about. The bebop crew was always either an obstacle yep. that the bounty had to overcome, which they never did, or they just so happened to be in the right place at the wrong time. Like, yes. um, I always think of the uh, the right place at the wrong time when, uh, I forget the episode title, but it was the one where the uh, they're back on Earth and the guy gives the package to Spike. And he's like, hold this, meet me here in a day. No, wait, make it yep. two days. Like, Spike's just there randomly walking by, hands in his pockets. And then he gets hand, handed this package. And then that's where the story starts, right? Yeah. So we just... That's why I like that scene with Jet. I wish there was more of that. Yeah. But it, I, I get they're trying to merge both audiences together in one comic book to bring fans of both together. Both right? do it. Yeah. And I, I think they did a good job of that. But I'm like you, lean towards the anime opposed to li- I haven't even watched the live action. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But yeah, again, well, again, good good book. Good book. Yeah. So all right. So. That's a couple of the new books this week that we liked, and we showed you a list of some of the other stuff. So uh, let's get in our time machine, and let's do our last week in comic books. We're going to go back in time, and we've got three great books to tell you about. uh, Because, again, there's been so much good stuff coming out that it just takes us a while to read it and, and digest it and bring it to you. So first up, Jesse, this is your book, as I said before, Task Force Z or Task Force Z. This was issue three, Dead Shots Back, emphasis on the dead. Yes. Um, So this is not last week. This is, I think, a month ago, maybe a little bit longer than a month ago. But um, I remember we talked about it when it first came out, and I brought up a point, and I want to circle back and mention that. So uh, number three takes place right after Jason Todd has been shot by uh, Deadshot. Mm-hmm. They went to find Deadshot, and they have this uh, magic pill. It's called Lazarus Resin. So if you take the, if you put the pill in a dead person's mouth, they will come back to life. So they get word of where Deadshot has been buried. They go there. They put the pill in his mouth, and Deadshot being Deadshot shoots first, asks questions later. He shoots Jason Todd, and... Jason Todd doesn't make it. Jason Todd dies on the bed, which if you're a fan of Jason Todd, you know this isn't the first time he's died. How many times has he died? Two? Three? Four? (laughs) I can't remember. It seems like every story arc he dies and comes back. So he dies, and the lab that the uh, Task Force Z is working out of decides to inject him with a large dose of Lazarus resin, and it brings him back. Um, so the lab didn't know about this at first, but they doing research and they discover that the more resin they take, the more they come back. So if you take a hundred pills, you'll come back to life and you'll be fine. It's like the Lazarus pit. You throw them in the Lazarus yep. pit, they come back to life. Like so, Rachel Ghoul, yeah. 
so they've kind of been microdosing them so they're zombies so they'll listen to people because the task force z is all villains jason todd's in charge so they're microdosing them to bring them back so they'll obey but they won't have a mind of their own um next slide here so they get to hook up they get a line on where the next res lazarus resin is going to be and they go there because they're not actually developing it they're finding it they're testing it yada 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 so they get to the shipment and there's shashire the poisonous uh, assassin right that's her name shashire they get there she's there it's actually a booby trap the whole time they get into a big fight um she poisons everybody and jason being jason has um being leader of the team has a satchel full of lazarus resin just in case they need it and he pulls one out of his pocket here and throws it at bane bane gets a mouthful of lazarus resin pills and comes back to life now do you remember when we talked about this book originally uh what was it uh maybe four months last year sometime i said i don't know how jason todd is working with bane right Jason Todd used it to his advantage. He brought Bane back to life and said, do you know why I brought you back to life? I just want one word. And Bane says, Alfred. And then Jason Todd kicks him off a skyscraper to his death. Right? So I remember saying vividly, I don't know how Jason Todd is working with the person that killed his grandfather, his father figure. And... He used it the whole time to get his revenge. So that was, I, I really got enjoyment out of that because I was pushing that the whole time. And I like how they looped back and brought it in. And now Bane's off the team. So that was near the end of the issue. Um, Jason Todd finds out who Crispin, the Amanda Waller of the team is. And he goes to where he's located. And do you want to guess who it is? Take a I can't hear you. I think you're muted. I don't think I can guess. Just take a random guess. It's probably a Batman villain because everything's Batman at DC. Everything's Batman related. So who could this guy be? Um, he's got to be somebody who's connected. And hmm. I'll give you two guesses. One without any clues. And then I'll give you one with a clue. Wow um who could this guy be a batman villain batman villain. not black mask black mask doesn't have the resources for this um so your clue is in the name crispin 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 i'm drawing a blank my friend it is no other than two-face get it crispin his face is crisp. Half his face is crispy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. That so is the current issue uh, is number four, and that just came out this week. And um, great read. Great read. If you like Batman, if you like Red Hood, it's it's great. Uh, there's a big Rogues gallery of uh, sidekicks that he's got. Uh, Mister Bloom, which we haven't seen in forever. Um, who else is Bane? Not in there anymore. We got Deadshot. Just a great story if, and if you look zombies it's right up your alley as well very cool very very cool all right what do we got next for last week in comics uh another speaking of death and life we have got 
the X lives and the X death of Wolverine. Now, is it 10 deaths and 10 lives of Wolverine? Like, like how there was the powers of 10 and the house of X, like which one, which, which, uh, which X are we using here, Jesse? I don't know. I think it's X lives of Wolverine and 10 deaths of Wolverine or vice versa. Yeah. It's, they got to really versa. put it in that. They got to really write it out when they're writing articles about it or talking about it as yeah. the number or as the letter. Cause it's really confusing. It definitely is. Definitely is. But this one follows Wolverine and Xavier sending him out on a mission. And at first we don't know what the mission is, but he's just saying, you have to go. Wolverine being Wolverine, what does he do? He listens to Charles. He, he'll do whatever. All the orders, yep. Yeah, he'll, he'll do. Charles has always been there for him, so he'll always be there for Charles. Um, we also get um, Omega Red. Omega Red's up to uh, his old behaviors. Uh, I think he was put in jail in uh, Kukuro. Yep. yep. He was yep. put in jail and then got out because he was being good. And then he just left the island. And now he's figured out a way to uh, time travel and sort of quantum leap. Remember that show? Yes. He, he it's can, coming back. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. He can uh, quantum leap into other people. And uh, Wolverine's been sent back in time to fight Omega Red, who's quantum leaping into people from the past. And do you want to take a wild guess who he leaps into? I'm looking Omega. at the picture there, and I can't really tell. The lady looks pregnant, though. Um. Well, first he quantum leaps himself into a gardener who happens to be the gardener of... Um, his name forgets me, but it's Charles Xavier's dad. Oh. And that there, you see the uh, handmaiden of Charles Xavier's mom. And do you know, want to take a while guess who the baby is? Well, if it's Charles Xavier's mom, maybe it's Charles Xavier. Hey, so Wolverine's, Wolverine's been sent back to protect baby Charles Xavier, who has yet been born, but Omega Red already wants to kill. So wow. this, this book was uh, gory, high octane. Wolverine's just slashing through people. Um, he realizes Omega Red has been uh, quantum leaping into people. And he kind of has to hold back because he doesn't want to kill innocent people because he keeps jumping from person to person. But at the end, it's just um, Xavier's mom does what she has to do. She picks up a gun. She just shoots her maid. That's what they do. But um, Wolverine does. How, does, sorry, how does Wolverine travel back in time then? He is sent back in time through, um, what's that machine called? Cerebro? Cerebro, interesting. And, okay. and Jane, uh, Jean Grey and Charles Xavier. So it's kind of like uh, Days of Future Past. Yeah, very it's cool. Days of Future Past mixed with Quantum Leap. Um, I, I don't know what the story is going to be about. I guess the Ten yeah. Lives of Wolverine. I guess. I guess yeah, he's going to go back and 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 try and maybe maybe he's got to protect Charles at multiple different times, right? That's where I th I think it's going because uh, we see him at the end holding baby Charles and saying, "Don't worry, I got you." Um, yeah, so I think he's just going to go through different parts of his life and just protect Charles. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah and that's a limited series uh, that's out right now and it's going to be a weekly series. So the second part uh, just dropped this week. So if that one interests you, 
then you got to come by and check it out. Wolverine sometimes does some crazy stories, but some of those happen to be the best stories as well. So uh, sometimes we got to suspend our disbelief a little bit more for Logan because uh, some of those stories can get really far out there. All right, next up for last week in comics, we are going to talk about the new Miss Marvel book called Miss Marvel Beyond the Limit. All right, so if you know Miss Marvel, this is Camilla Khan, the young superhero who has the power to kind of enlarge potty parts. She's got to embiggen her fists and she can leap, kind of stretch too, but she's got to do all that while being a teenager and, you know, nobody knows in her family what she does in her spare time pretty cool character and this is i can't even tell you what volume of the book it is because there has been several but this is a great comic book if you've got a young reader or a young uh, um, female reader that wants to get into the character because it's just a cool book um lots of dialogue and insight into her character she is visiting her uh her cousin uh and she's out in chicago just trying to relax and stuff and she's taking in the sights and in true marvel fashion she's going to get into a little bit of hijinks and a little bit of trouble as she ponders what her her relative does is a kind of a quantum scientist so they're all about the multiverse and she's thinking, oh, what kind, am I going to meet other versions of myself? Is that possible? And she already has done so many great things as a hero. But, of course, as I said, hijinks ensues. She has to don her costume and stop somebody from stealing her cousin's work. And then that has a ripple effect, somehow causing multiverse activities. Because when she gets back home, all of a sudden... Her parents are watching a Bollywood movie and the whole street starts to change into that. And if you follow Marvel's multiverse stuff, one of the first people that opened up the multiverse in recent Disney stuff makes an appearance at the end of this issue. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's just bright. It's colorful. It's charming. Um and we'll see where it goes when we see the different versions of uh, Camilla Khan. Some of them were quite funny. But yeah, really recommend this book for any early reader or somebody who wants to get in to Miss Marvel. That's a great jumping on point. Yes, and uh, we had the pleasure of meeting uh, the MCU's Camilla Khan. Yes, yes, we did. Uh, we... Um, Nice story, nice story. Amon Vellani, who is playing Camilla Khan in the show, was a, and still is, a customer of our great store heroes world. And she dropped by over the holiday season to say hi and also to uh, to thank us for selling her her first Miss Marvel comic book and getting her into the character. So that was a really nice moment. She's a great uh, grounded individual. Can't wait to see that show and see how she does in it uh, and stuff. So Jesse and I and Heroes World kind of have this link to the MCU. So we're 
kind of honorary Avengers. Would you say that, you know, uh, I think she dubbed us honorary Avengers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> so, said, we'll get our keys in the mail to the Avengers mansion. Yep. Yep. And our ID cards, you know, so we'll wait for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting. Um, yeah. We have a trailer to talk about, but before we do that, um, Paul's here. Paul, what's Hello, up? Hello, Paul, and happy birthday. Yeah, and Paul's an old friend of mine. Me and Paul go way, way back. Um, Paul and I worked, uh, I got my first job at a hobby store, uh, and Paul was one of the, 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 the cool cats that worked there that I looked up to. Got me into the game of Warhammer and all kinds of stuff. And uh, now I sell him Warhammer. So the the dealer has now the one dealer to another. So, Paul, have a happy birthday, my friend. Thanks for tuning in and spending a little bit of it uh, with us. So, Okay, cue us up for what's next. Oh, all right. Next up, we are going to talk a little bit about this. So the Uncharted trailer just dropped. So we are going to play this trailer and do a trailer reaction for you. We haven't watched it yet. Maybe you guys have. Uh, if you have, join us for our thoughts. Um, Jesse, did you yep. play the Uncharted games? One, two, three, and four. I did not play the... Uh... What was it, Lost Legacy with the uh, two female characters? Okay. Yep. I played one, two, and three. I have still yet to play four, which I hear is the best one. So kind of stupid for me to stop there, right? <laughs> four, yeah, yeah. Four is, uh, four is good. Four is good. You yeah. should definitely go play it. And I hear that Sony is also remastering the, the games for the PS5. So I guess they want to kind of tie that all in together so uh yeah let's uh let's fire this uh this trailer up and see uh see what they have in store here we go i've been dreaming about this my whole life magellan's gold it's the biggest treasure that's never been found five billion easy so when do we start yeah put that in your room hello hello i can hear you i'm sitting right next to you your brother believed that there was a final piece. But you know my brother Sam. What else aren't you telling me? You have no idea who you partnered with. Silly! Hurry! It's gonna take a little longer than I thought, kid. I assume we're 50-50, right? 50-50? You get 10%. That's me being generous. Wow. Let's play some parachutes. What? Unless you know a better way to jump out of a plane. Sorry! Oh, crap! Come on! 500 years ago, my family found the fortune. Then was betrayed. So much blood. You're doing great, Jim. This ain't over. Hey, you still with me? What's with the cat? She's just for you. What? Life seems super sad. I'm not gonna keep this thing. Exclusively in movie theaters. So that was the trailer Ooh. to Uncharted. Wow, what a high octane ride. Did you see those yeah. boats flying through the uh was that wow. 
that was helicopters carrying boats. some boats, right? Was yes. it was it one boat? Oh, sorry, Jess. Let me get you in here. Was that one boat or two boats or two helicopters? Anyways, yeah, that was <laughs> that was that was kind of crazy. Couple things, couple things shocked me right out of the gate. My man Antonio uh, Antonio Banderas is in it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he listen. I've liked this guy since the Mask of Zorro um, and stuff, and uh, I know he hasn't done a ton. Uh, he played a very funny character in the Expendables. Uh, I think it was Expendables two um, and stuff. That was that was funny, but I I do love him. I didn't realize he was in this movie. And second thing, I didn't realize the movie was coming out so fast that they yes. were at right at the end. It said February eighteenth, I think it said. Yeah, so this was the final trailer. They released um, a little teaser maybe a month ago, but yeah, it's, it seems really quick. I guess they want to get it out there before. Yeah, so unfortunately for them, I'm going to be playing Horizon Zero Dawn when this movie comes out, and they said exclusively in theater, so I, I don't know when I'm going to get to uh, seeing this movie. But I got to say a couple of things. After hearing Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, you know, look, if we're looking at this this image here, he's spot on. He's wearing the uniform, he, or the not, you know, he's wearing the, not a uniform, but the, he looks like him. He's the costume. It's very Nathan Drake-esque. Um, but the sound, his voice, <laughs> totally yeah, throws yeah. me off. Totally. Like, like um, you know, Sony might have spent money on this movie. Uh, and, and like I said, like the... The action set pieces look great. Uh, Tom Holland, I, I'm saying now, miscast, doesn't sound the part. Maybe he's got the physicality and he can run and jump and do all of those things, but does not sound like we've heard Nathan Drake's voice for so long. He This guy doesn't have the cadence. I closed my eyes a couple times. He just sounds like Peter Parker Spider-Man. Like he should, yeah, could have exactly. tried to change his voice uh, a little bit. And... Um, I, I don't think he's a leading man, to be completely honest with you. That's why I, they have uh, Mark Wahlberg there to kind of carry it. If you yeah, watch the trailer, he's kind of looking to Mark Wahlberg for answers. And Mark Wahlberg is always responding to, like, I don't think Tom Holland's a good leading man. I think he's a very yeah, good. I think he's too young. I think yeah. he's too young. Like, or to, to for, for this type of thing, like, you, he's he's an ensemble cast person, you know. Um, Paul agrees and, with uh, you there. He looks too young and... With like a Gerard Butler to play, yeah, Gerard maybe. Butler would have, I think, would have maybe, you know, he might be a little bit older, but yeah, definitely. But also, Mark Wahlberg still sounds like Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. Does not look like Sully. No if mustache. you covered up that Uncharted thing, like you know, it it just looks like a generic thing. Like you've got iconic, iconic looking and sounding characters. I think, to be honest with you, I think they've missed their mark uh, on uh, on this casting both times. Like Wahlberg just sounds like Wahlberg like, again. You've got the 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 guy who played Sullivan. He's a known voice actor, great voice actor. He could Wahlberg could have studied that guy. I'm not saying he had to imitate it totally, but I don't get that uncharted feeling, you know, from these guys. Um, and again. Part of their relationship was their witty banter going back and forth and stuff. Visually, 
visually the stuff it 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 looks like an uncharted game so i'm going to give them props for that but the casting and 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 just the the voice wow and and again tom holland looks too young he just looks too young this listen i don't i don't wish poorly on anybody but i i think this is a this is a catastrophe in the in 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 the making you know like I think they want to uh, have multiple movies, which is a good sign. They're kind of banking on multiple movies because they have a younger uh, leading man and a secondary character, right? Uh, Because Sully's, what, in his 60s in the game, and uh, Nathan's probably early 30s, if not mid-30s. Yeah. See, I always thought it would be cool if uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was Nathan Drake, and um, we got like a Bruce Campbell to play uh sully right because um yeah from the game sully's not always there but he's always got nathan's back yeah right? so in the games if nathan needed something oh sully's coming in on the plane for some reason like sully's exactly. always there yep. but he's never yep. there right so yeah I'm, interesting I'm, I'm very hopeful for it i am gonna watch it i do love the uncharted uh franchise and i I just hope it's not one of those uh, video game flops like the uh, recent Resident Evil that came out that Ooh. zero people talked about. Yeah, right? yeah, that was that was not not good at all. Um, yeah, no. Listen, I, I I hope there's you know listen. In a way, Sony's smart because maybe they're hoping there's going to be enough people that love that last Spider-Man movie. And they're going to be like, oh, let's go see what else this Tom Holland guy is. I really enjoyed Spider-Man. And hopefully they are thinking that enough people are going to associate their enjoyment of Spider-Man to Tom Holland to bring them to the theater to this um, to this movie uh, and stuff. But yeah, I I am not, yeah, not feeling it. Like it just, yeah, just... Uh, other than I would, honestly, at this point, I would, if I do see this, it's going to be for Antonio. <laughs> but the uh the plane with the cars coming out and the, that's straight out of the games that's straight, out, straight of out of the third game, one yeah that's so maybe out. i should go and finish number four number there's a lot of number four in there because they um mention uh nathan's brother who is uh, one yep. of the main characters in number four so go finish uh, game number four and then give uncharted the movie a chance yeah well i, I gotta do horizon first but uh yeah We'll, we'll, we'll priorities. see. Priorities. <laughs> priorities, yeah. Well, you know, unless, you know, maybe until Horizon comes out, because Horizon's still 20 days away. I'm not counting down or anything, but 20 days away. <laughs> 20 days, four hours, and 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much for joining us on Heroes World TGIF. It is always a pleasure to come at you and entertain and talk about the things we love. As always, we want to hear from you. Comment, uh, like, share, uh, get back to us. What do you want us to cover? Are there books that you're reading that we're not that you want us to check out? Or if you picked up something on our recommendation, we want to hear about it. And also, don't forget to check all of or any of our social stuff Heroes World online, and that is going to bring you to all of our good stuff. Facebook, Instagram, our website. You can find us all there. Thank you for joining us, and have a good rest of the weekend.